0: M. S. W. Media. welcome to the Daily Means for Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021. Today, a six step memo for how to overthrow the government written by Trump's lawyers comes to light. Another memo shows the Trump campaign knew the voting machine claims were bogus and some of the organizers of the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville were paid. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. So not too many headlines today, but big, big stories that have a lot of detail to them. So we're going to be kind of going into these uh, in detail, Dana. Yep,
1: sounds good. I like the setup.
0: <laughs> Thank you. And um, you know, these, this memo, this six-step memo, is absolutely you. You're going to be covering this story. It's like it's like coos for dummies. Oh, geez, is is what it's like. These are terrifying revelations that we're getting in these court filings and from this book so right uh, and it, you know it reminds me of uh why did no one why why, why we're sitting on this i know so it's just it,
1: i i want to report these stories the, the it's important the things we are learning from the book peril but it's also infuriating that he saved them and sat on them to make money and sell books yeah uh. That's why you should just get the information from us here at the Daily Beans instead of purchasing a book because he could have helped save democracy and did not.
0: Mm, it makes me angry. And also today, Dana, I'm going to be talking to Art Cohen. He wrote the book Trump U, which is all about Trump University. He was a student <laughs> there and part of the, the class action suit that settled for 25 million. He's going to break some Weiselberg news for us, too, that is very relevant to the current case in the Manhattan DA's office. So you definitely want to stick around for that. All right. With that, let's get into those stories I was talking about earlier, Dana. Let's hit the hot notes. Let's do it. Hot notes.
1: All
0: right. Lead story today. Court filings show that Trump, the Trump campaign sat on its findings that cleared Dominion voting machines of any wrongdoing, even as folks like Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, the pillow guy and Jenna Ellis continued to spread those lies and file lawsuits. This is from The New York Times today. Two weeks after the 2020 election, A team of lawyers closely allied with Donald Trump held a widely watched news conference at the Republican Party's headquarters in Washington. At that event, they laid out a bizarre conspiracy theory claiming the voting machine company Dominion had worked with an election software firm, the financier George Soros, and Venezuela to steal the presidential contest from the former guy. But there was a problem from the Trump team, according to court documents released Monday. By the time the news conference occurred on November 19th, Trump's campaign had already prepared an internal memo on many of the outlandish claims about the company Dominion Voting Systems and the separate software company Smartmatic. The memo had determined that those allegations were untrue. (laughs) Whoopsie. Hmm. The court papers, which were initially filed late last week in a motion in a defamation lawsuit brought against the campaign and others by former Dominion employee Eric Coomer, Contain evidence that officials in the Trump campaign were aware early on that many of the claims against these companies were baseless. Oh, where did they get this memo? The documents also suggest that the campaign sat on its findings about Dominion, even as Sidney Powell and other lawyers attacked the company in the conservative media and ultimately filed four federal lawsuits accusing Dominion of vast conspiracy theories to rig the election. And according to emails contained in the documents, Zach Parkinson, the campaign's deputy director of communications for Trump reached out to subordinates on November 13th, asking them to substantiate or debunk several matters concerning Dominion. The next day, the emails show Parkinson received a copy of a memo cobbled together by his staff from what largely appear to be news articles and public fact-checking services. Even though the memo was hastily assembled, it rebutted a series of allegations that Sidney Powell and others were making in public. It found, first, that Dominion did not use Voting technology from the software company Smartmatic in the 2020 election. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like a big one. Yeah. It also found, number two, that Dominion had no direct ties to Venezuela or Mr. Soros. And three, there was no evidence that Dominion's leadership had connections to left-wing Antifa activists, as Ms. Powell and others had claimed. As Mr. Coomer's lawyers wrote in their motion in the defamation suit, the memo produced by the Trump campaign shows that, at least internally, the Trump campaign found there was no evidence to support the conspiracy theories regarding Dominion. The Trump campaign continued to allow its agents to advance debunked conspiracy theories and defame us, apparently without providing them with their own research, debunking those theories. Their own research. That's my favorite part. Now, Trump continues to falsely argue the election was stolen. And in recent months, Powell and Giuliani have stuck by their claims that election fraud election was rife with fraud, right? A lawyer for Mr. Giuliani said in a court filing last month, at least some of his claims of election fraud were substantially true, substantially true, Dana. And as recently as three weeks ago, remember this, Ms. Powell told a reporter for the Australian Broadcasting Corporation that the 2020 election was essentially a bloodless coup where they took over the presidency of the United States without a single shot being fired. The other accusing Biden of the coup. Correct. It remains unclear how widely the memo was circulated among Trump campaign staff members, the one exonerating Dominion. But according to the court documents, Giuliani said in a deposition he'd not seen the memo before he gave his presentation in Washington and questioned the motives of those who prepared it. (laughs) It was his own administration. (laughs) But at the time that that internal report was prepared, Giuliani and Powell were both active supervisors, as he put it in his deposition in the Trump campaign's broader plan to challenge the election results, an effort that eventually included more than 60 failed lawsuits filed across the country. This motion that we're talking about notes that the lines were blurred as to whom Miss Powell was working for at the time, herself, her nonprofit organization or the Trump campaign. Almost immediately after she promoted the conspiracy theory about Dominion at news conferences in November, Trump sought to distance himself from her. But by December, Trump's legal options narrowed. Nobody liked him anymore. (laughs) So he considered bringing... Sydney Powell on and discussed as to we, whether or not to appoint her a special counsel overseeing an investigation. Oh my gosh, please fraud. do it. Please do it. <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe that happened. For the love of God, please do it. The release of the documents was only the latest legal trouble for Giuliani and Powell, both of whom have been sued directly for dominion, for defamation for billions of dollars. They're both facing sanctions and disbarment investigations Rudy's been suspended in New York and D.C. while they further investigate disbarring him. And he's under federal investigation in the East in the Southern District of New York for campaign interference with Ukraine and possible FARA violations. He's also totally broke and his hair is melting.
1: I mean, that fall from grace was long. It was a long fall from grace, my dear. Yeah. OK, more coup news for you. A conservative lawyer working with then-president Donald Trump's legal team tried to convince then-Vice President Mike Pence that he could overturn the election results on January 6th when Congress counted the Electoral College votes by throwing out electors from seven states, okay? This is where we're at, a conservative lawyer, okay? This is what they told him. The scheme put forward by controversial lawyer John Eastman was outlined in a two-page memo obtained by the authors for peril, as we've spoken about. Uh, which was subsequently obtained by CNN. Now, the memo, which has not previously been made public, provides new details showing how the former guy and his team tried to persuade Pence to subvert the Constitution and throughout the election results on January 6th, With this, probably when he went to talk to... Yeah, quail. To quail. (laughs) Potato. Oh, good Lord. The effort to sway Pence was just one of several behind-the-scenes attempts that Trump's team undertook Ahead of January 6th in a desperate bid to overturn the 2020 election loss after dozens of lawsuits were thrown out of the courts. Peril, which will be released Tuesday, details how Eastman's memo was sent to GOP Senator Mike Lee of Utah and how Trump's attorney Rudy Giuliani tried to convince fellow Republican Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina of election fraud. Both Lee and Graham scoffed at the arguments and found they had no merit because even though they've been stupid, they're not that stupid. <laughs> the Eastman memo laid out a six-step plan for Pence to overturn the election for Trump, which included throwing out the results in seven states because they allegedly had competing electors. That's the first thing. In fact, no state had actually put forward an alternate slate of electors. Some of these are not hard to get out. They were merely Trump allies claiming without any authority to be electors.
0: Right. So that that whole constitutional thing that, you know, you can question the state's electors if there's a competing slate of electors, but there were none. It was just like, hey, I am, you know, like. Yeah.
1: All right, Jim, sit down. Yeah. Under Eastman's scheme, Pence would have declared Trump the winner with more electoral college votes after the seven states were thrown out at 232 votes. To 222. So that's what it would have been if they threw out the seven states Biden clearly won in. Now, anticipating howls from Democrats protesting the overturning of the election, the memo proposes Pence would instead say that no candidate had reached 270 votes in the Electoral College, just pulling that out of his ass. That would throw the election into the House of Representatives, where each state would get one vote. Now, since Republicans controlled 26 state
0: delegations, a majority could have voted for Trump to win the election. had they done it that way? Yeah. And we talked about that eventuality, too. Like, what if nobody gets to 270? Right. And we like, oh, well, the House has, you know, we've got a, we have a majority in the House. No, no, no. Each state gets a vote. Yes. Yeah. The, and there are more Republican yeah. states than Democrat, Democratic right. states.
1: So now this plan was first proposed to Pence when Eastman was with Trump in the Oval Office on January 4th. So this is two days before. During one of Trump's attempts to convince Pence that he had the authority to stop the certification of the election. So Donald's now trying to convince Pence, you can do this, buddy. You could stop the election. Now, he said, you really need to listen to John. He's a respected constitutional scholar. Hear him out. Trump said to Pence at the meeting. Now, this is from Woodward and Costa. That's what they wrote in Peril. I love, I love Costa which is unfortunate that I really want to support him, but I'm still pissed about this book. Okay, in the memo, Eastman went so far as to suggest that Pence should take action without warning. And this is another quote. The main thing here is that Pence should do this without asking for permission, either from a vote of the joint session or from the court, Eastman wrote. The fact is that the Constitution assigns this power to the vice president as the ultimate arbiter. We should take all of our actions with that in mind, okay, none of that shit is true. Now, in the end, <laughs> even Penn, Dan Quayle, even Dan that. Quayle knew that. <laughs> in the end, Pence didn't go along with the spin scheme, as we saw, concluding that the Constitution did not give him any power beyond counting the electoral college votes. He did his own consultations before January 6th. Now, that's according to the book, and this is what we talked about because he reached out to the former vice president Dan Quayle, but also the Senate parliamentarian. Hmm who were both clear in telling him he had no authority beyond counting the votes. So when Pence refused to intervene, the former guy turned on his vice president, as we saw, attacking him on Twitter, even as the insurrection at the Capitol was unfolding on January 6th.
0: Especially, especially
1: as the insurrection was they unfolding. They were yelling, hang Pence, where's Mike <laughs> yeah. Pence? With a noose. Yeah. So this memo could be of interest to the House Select Committee now that's investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol which recently requested documents from the National Archives that specifically included communications involving who?
0: Eastman. Yeah, the memo could be of interest to the House Select Committee. It also should be of interest to the Department of Justice. 100%. My first story of the Trump campaign sitting on the Dominion Info and this six-step memo on how to overthrow the government should be part of a seditious conspiracy investigation into the Trump campaign. Rudy, Sidney Powell, Jenna Ellis, my pillow guy, Jeffrey Clark from the D- Department of Justice, Bannon, Stone, Alex Jones, members of Congress, certain members of Congress, and of course all the Proud Boys, Three Percenters, and Oath Keepers. That should all be part of one massive investigation to overthrow this government. These, these this is evidence. This is documentary evidence, plain and obvious to me. And I sure hope the Justice Department is investigating. I know they're investigating. We got indications they are investigating seditious conspiracy for many of the Oath Keepers, Proud Boys and Three Percenters. And they said that they will go up further from that. And the Department of Justice knows about these documents. They released them like the, the, you know, the Donahue notes about the call. Between him and Rosen. And then, of course, the Jeffrey Clark letter that he was going to send to a bunch of states, including Georgia, to say, you know, your election wasn't right. There's the DOJ. We've found problems when they didn't. And, and, and you know, we want you to send a new slate of electors. Yeah. That was all part of this scheme. Right. Jeffrey Clark sends these letters out to these seven states Seven states sound familiar. Yeah, and he says, "You, you you guys, we found problems with your election. You need to declare that you you have to find a new slate of electors." And then all of a sudden, this memo comes out where one of the six steps is for Pence to throw out seven states' electoral votes because there are alternate slates. No one's putting that together. Yeah, it's not
1: hard to connect these dots. It's nobody's putting
0: that together, and and I don't I don't see how you can miss it. And I hope. To fucking God, Merrick Garland, if you're listening, I hope you're putting it together. I also hope Merrick Garland's listening. (laughs) 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 How great would that be?
1: (laughs) Lawrence Tribe. Like, finally, they said something nice about me.
0: Is anyone listening who is named Lawrence Tribe or is friends with Lawrence Tribe who can talk to Merrick Garland? Because that seven state thing and that seven, those seven letters that we're going to go out by Clark to set up new electors. My God, it's fucking right there right in front of your face uh and finally some organizers this is just a kind of a last minute story here organizers of the unite the right rally in charlottesville you know they jews will not replace us so blah blah, blah. oh i remember tiki torch guys uh during which a neo-nazi drove his car into a, cro- a crowd of counter protesters well some of these organizers appear to have been paid employees of a white supremacist group a couple white supremacist groups funded by private donors The Daily Beast reported Tuesday, a lawsuit filed by victims of the attack, which left one dead and several injured, shows that at least one key Unite the Right organizer, Elliot Klein, was about to join the payroll as a full time employee of one of the groups where he would be making, quote unquote, good money. Klein's text messages from around that time of the rally were are among more than 3000 exhibits that were recently entered as evidence by plaintiffs in the sweeping lawsuit, Sines versus Kessler, which is slated to go to trial next month. So we will keep an eye on that story for you. But they were paid. Richard Spencer was part of it, too. Yeah. And two longtime GOP operatives have been indicted for funneling tens of thousands of dollars in foreign donations to the Trump campaign and Trump PACs. Did that investigation originate with Mueller? Does it have anything to do with Tom Barrick's recent arrest? I will break it all down in this weekend's episode of Mueller. She wrote wherever you get your podcasts. Patrons and supercasters have all the shows, Beans, MSW Book Club. Muller, she wrote, you have them all in your premium feeds ad free. Thanks for being patrons. All right. Next, I'll be joined by the author of Trump You, which is you. I wish you could see the cover of this book. I hope we share it with our patrons. The The author's name is Art Cohen. He's really incredible. We're going to talk with him next. And he's going to break some news about Weisselberg that's pertinent to the current investigation in Cy Vance's office. So stay with us. We'll be right back. And- Hey everybody, it's AG and today's episode of The Beans is brought to you by Monk Pack, making the most delicious snacks that have close to no sugar. It is tough to find healthy snacks that taste good and fill you up, but Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars contain less than one gram of sugar, two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 150 calories, and they're delicious. They're great for anyone following a keto lifestyle. I keep them all around the house. They're the perfect snack for anyone who wants to eat better or cut back on sugar and carbs without sacrificing the taste. The Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars have the perfect balance of sweet and salty, and it has that crunch that you crave from the whole nuts and seeds, but still manages to be soft and chewy, and they're always delicious. They come in caramel sea salt, peanut butter dark chocolate, and sea salt dark chocolate. My favorite right now is the peanut butter dark chocolate. It's so delicious. They're keto-friendly, gluten-free, plant-based, and non-GMO. No soy, no trans fats, no sugar alcohols, and no artificial colors. A subscription saves me 10% on every order and ships them to me automatically. And we have a special deal for listeners. You get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting MonkPack.com and entering code DAILYBEANS at checkout, all one word. And Monkpack is so confident, it's backed with 100% satisfaction guarantee, so if you don't like it for any reason, they will exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer, so there's no risk. To get started, just go to monkpack.com. That's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com. Select any product, then enter code DAILYBEANS, all one word, at checkout to save 20% off your purchase. Monkpack, delicious, nutritious food you can count on, and we thank them for sponsoring the show. Today's show is also brought to you by ZipRecruiter, as we know, there's some things in life that I like to pick out myself. So I know I've got the one that's best for me. Like if I'm ordering the right glass of wine off the wine list from the restaurant that I've chosen. Uh, and, you know, what if you could do the same thing for hiring? You choose your ideal candidate before they even apply. That is where ZipRecruiter's invite-to-apply technology comes in. It gives you, the hiring manager, the power to pick your favorites from top candidates. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com DailyBeans. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, you have access to millions of job seekers across more than 100 of the top job sites. According to ZipRecruiter internal data, jobs where employers invite candidates to apply get two and a half times more candidates. ZipRecruiter's technology is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address: ZipRecruiter.com/slash/dailybeans. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com/slash/dailybeans. You know how D A I L Y B E A N S. Again, ZipRecruiter.com/slash/dailybeans. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Today, I am honored to be joined by the author of a book called "Trump You." Promises, Lies, and Corruption, My Battle with Donald Trump's Fake University. Please welcome Art Cohen. Art, hello. It's
2: wonderful to speak to you. Yeah, thank you. Great to be here. Thank you, Allison.
0: So long and short of it, and we'll get into the weeds here in a second, but you went to Trump U and then ended up being part of the lawsuit. And this is kind of the personal inside look at what it's like to go to the school, to be involved in a lawsuit, to sue him. And you did this book along with investigative journalist Dan Good. And I was wondering if you could tell me about how the idea of the I mean, it seems pretty clear. You know, normally when I say what gave you the idea for this book? I mean, you know, <laughs> this one seems pretty clear. But talk about the process by which you you wanted to, to make this happen.
2: Well, you know, in taking the and cl- taking the class. And I was, you know, a lot of people will always ask me this question is, why did you take this class? You know, didn't you know that Donald Trump was a scam artist or a fake or whatever, Trump University? How could you know it's not a real university and so forth and so on? Well, in 2009, I was between jobs and this looked like an opportunity. And so I went after it, took the class. And um, shortly thereafter, I realized it was a scam, but I couldn't get my money back. I invested almost forty thousand dollars over a number of years and by 20 by 2010 i see this lawsuit filed by makeoff who uh, tarla Maycoff, and she files the first she files the first lawsuit and i contact the attorneys i tell them hey can i be part of this and they said sure but uh, they had a they had a, they had some trouble in t- between 2010 and 2013 when i filed my rico complaint against donald trump directly and the trouble they had was they could only cover under elder law, Florida, uh, I think New York and California. So what had happened was my situation was that uh, I got to file it so that it would cover all the students. So I ended up representing on their RICO suit it was uh, every state in the United States was covered. Ah. So that's how that's how that, that, that's how the suit came came about. Now, the book came about because of what I experienced in the process. Now, we were working with some high power attorneys, Robin Bellers and Dodd and another firm that was led by Amber Eck. Those were our attorneys. And I basically we had an army of attorneys uh, in this class action suit. And what I had to go through to get certified to be the class action and so forth and so on, I kept, you know, detailed notes. What drove me to write the book, quite frankly, is. The parallels that we experience, and we not I assumed in 2013, I never expected him to be running for president. But the parallels between Trump University and Trump's presidency are brought out in this book. Mm-hmm. And there's many, many details. Everything from him promising the best professors, you know, of course, he promised the best people he was going to hire in office, and so forth. Everything from it's rigged, he was claiming that the, you know, the trial was rigged and it was and so forth
0: it was rigged because he because he he bribed Pam Bondi that's why was, that's
2: how it was rigged <laughs> yeah that, that 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 was one piece but probably what what drove me to write this book and what and and what was very difficult for me as the lead plaintiff in this case was that i had to hold on to information that i really couldn't reveal until 2019 so i had a fiduciary duty to all 6000 students to make sure that we get our money back. And we did, we got 90 plus percent of the students' money back. Now that doesn't take away the time that you put into it and, and so forth and the aggravation. And there were some students that passed away because there were a lot of, he he really um, went after people that were elderly and, and spent pretty much their life savings and they, and they never got their money back. So by the time we got to the, uh, in 2015, when we were finally got to the point where we were going to depose all the different people to go through discovery, I was part of the uh, I was witnessed as a, as a lead plaintiff. Um, I was a party to uh, trump's deposition. That occurred on December 10th. The details of that are in the book of what actually happened. what happened not only during the deposition but was a break in the deposition and that's what drove me to get this story out there because in my mind, Trump's illegitimate president or the past of his presidency in 2016 was illegitimate. Now, I'm not saying that the election and electoral votes were wrong and so forth and so on. That's not what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about his past. So let's say, for instance, you're an athlete and you take steroids and you win the Olympics. They take away your gold when they find out that you took the steroids to win the Olympics or whatever you know illegal drugs you might've taken. In this case, he plotted to threaten the judge. And then we had a trial that was due in August of 2016. And that trial was delayed till after the election. Mm. Now why did the trial get delayed? Well, you'll learn more about the details of it in the book. But in essence, his own attorneys got up in front of the court and said, oh gosh, he has to campaign. He doesn't have time to go to trial. This trial has been because of the multiple delays since 2010. Has been was the longest one on um, Judge Coriel's docket. So it was on his docket for over five and a half years. He was ready to just let's let's do the trial. We were ready to go to trial, August. Didn't happen. In May, they made arguments and the trial got delayed till after the election. Why was that happen? That's something you learn about in the book. But I'll tell you, I'm going through deja vu right now because I just heard what the what's happening going on in New York, in Manhattan. And it's the same thing. They had a trial that was supposed to happen this year. Suddenly, his attorneys say they need some more time because of the voluminous number of discovery. And guess what is happening? <laughs> they're delaying the trial. to when? Till August 2022. Well, isn't that convenient? And what do you think is going to happen in August? Do you think they're going to have a trial in August and September? No, he's going to delay again. And that's his tactic in the court system. And he'll keep delaying until maybe 2024 when he decides to run for president again.
0: Yeah. Well, I hope I hope they don't allow it. And, you know, yeah, because what's going on in New York, they have about three to six million documents they have to review the The defense attorneys. So, sure, they give them a little more time and they technically gave them until January 20th of 2022 to file their briefings. So that's an extra four months three months 120 day extension to to review these millions of documents and then after then there's a follow-up briefings are due in may which puts the the you know the trial in august hopefully that's when the trial will be because i'll tell you what that would actually be right before the midterm elections but you know like you said he always has this magical way of getting these things delayed and and Honestly, this presidency or campaigning or being a political figure has gotten him off the hook for so many consequences. It's it's hard to count.
2: Yeah. You know what 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 this what this the trial taught me is that if you have a lot of money, you can manipulate the court system where where uh, delay is uh, almost is almost an art
0: Yeah, well, he ran out the clock on the Mazar's case for oversight. He ran out the clock. uh, I mean, he ran out a lot of clocks going through court with a lot of different uh, document demands and things like that. You're totally right.
2: I'll give you an example that happened in our case where we had expert witnesses that we were going to bring forward. So we bring up the expert witnesses. And this is going to happen in the Manhattan case. And this is why I don't believe the trial will happen in August. There will be expert witnesses that have to deal with taxes. His attorneys will get the... the, the Manhattan office will provide the expert witnesses. They'll give the names and their backgrounds and stuff. His attorneys will object to those witnesses and they'll bring up a number of cases for those objections and they'll look at the history of those guys and so forth. Then the other side will write a brief in response to that. OK, and the court will rule likely in the favor of the, uh, in the, in the Manhattan folks. And guess what they'll do then? They'll appeal. Hmm. Of course. And that will take another three months.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: At least. Okay. And when you have all the money in the world, relatively speaking, to push things off, you will do that and he will continue to appeal. So that's why I don't think, in my opinion, that the trial will happen in 2022. Mm-hmm. They'll push that off. to, And I'll, I'd be surprised the trial happens before 2024. If he does plan and announce that he's going to run, because then when he decides to run, he claims, oh, this is just political. Well, this
0: is Weisselberg's trial.
2: Yes. It's Weisselberg's right now.
0: Yeah. We don't know how involved Trump will
2: be. Well, we can talk about that if you like. It's in the book.
0: Well, I I imagine that if there are indictments for Trump himself, I think he would have his own trial. But who knows? We will see. We shall see. And I want to continue to ask you some more questions about Trump. Sure. Trump University. And uh, a, a few other things, few other follow-ups that I have, but I have to take a quick break. Will you stick with me? Sure thing. Great. Thanks. Everybody, we'll be right back with Art Cohen. Stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's Allison for The Beans. Adventure comes in many forms. Some of my favorite everyday adventures are getting lost in a book or discovering more about the world. I'm more of a glamper than a camper these days, but whether you're exploring the globe or the pages of a novel, Everlane has premium essentials to outfit you in comfort. Everlane has amazing versatility. Their pieces can be used to dress up or dress down. I have this amazing V-neck tank top. I can wear it with a pair of skinny jeans and heels to go out or just with my yoga pants at home lounging around. You can wear it for anything. Uh, you know, workout to take out, swimwear to trackwear, styles for lounging at home or hitting up your favorite club. I love Everlane's breathable organic cotton trackwear. It gives you this elevated take on a tried and true basic. And if you're looking for the perfect pants, their denim is made from certified organic cotton at the world's cleanest denim factory with zero landfill waste. Everlane makes the highest quality clothing using sustainable materials while partnering with the best and most ethical factories in the world for a fit to feel good about. Plus, Everlane has transparent pricing. They share exactly how much their product costs to produce at every stage. Everlane accepts returns within 30 days of the ship date. And all uniform clothing comes with a 365-day guarantee. That's a year. Go to everlane.com dailybeans. You can sign up for 10% off your first order plus free shipping, and you get easy returns within 30 days of your ship date. That's 10% off your first order when you go to everlane.com dailybeans and sign up. And today's show is also brought to you by my new favorite snack, Toodaloo, the most satisfying, best tasting trail mix I've ever had. Say goodbye to boring, bland trail mix with chemicals that harm your health and the environment. Toodaloo is my new go-to snack. Did you know that most trail mixes are filled with processed sugars? which is bad for you, and dirty nuts, which are bad for the planet. They're roasted in toxic refined oils like canola oil, palm oil, and soybean oil. But not Tootaloo. Tootaloo is the world's first all-natural, totally delicious, climate-friendly trail mix with plant proteins, superfoods, and adaptogens like lion's mane and ashwagandha to support your mind and body health too. They have five different delicious flavors, maple brittle, chocolate, barbecue, coffee, hot and spicy. In each flavor, they have different ancient herbs that promote specific functions in the body, such as better skin or better gut health. My favorite is Smoke Show. It has 42 grams of plant protein per bag. It's low in carbs and it supports energy flow throughout the day. Toodaloo is grain-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, dairy-free, processed sugar-free, and their packaging is plastic neutral. Plus, for every order placed, Toodaloo regenerates 100 square feet of polluted farmland back into rich, fertile soil. So delicious, tasty snacks for you, a cleaner planet for all of us. And we have a special offer for you. Get $5 off your order of Toodaloo just visit the best URL in the world, toodaloo.com slash beans. That's toodaloo, T-O-O-D-A-L-O-O dot com slash beans. And Toodaloo is so confident that each purchase has a 100% best taste guarantee. This will definitely become your favorite go-to snack. Seriously, the taste is amazing. Go to toodaloo.com slash beans to try it today. Everybody, welcome back. We are talking with the author of Trump you Art Cohen. And uh, Art, before before the break, you know, we were talking about just never facing any consequences. In your case, he did have to pay a twenty-five million dollars settlement, but he—you say—got he off the. He got off easy.
2: I say yes, he did get off easy because he because he should have been convicted for obstructing justice. I mean, he he used the trial, you know, he used Trump University in the in the public venue because he was running for it because it became a big public issue to help him in the election, in a sense. Because why? It kept him in the news. It was they were talking about it all the time. So it was was, the Trump University was a topic, and the people that were attacking him about Trump University, he just kept on shoving it off. But he knew that the trial wasn't until after the election, so he didn't care what was happening until that point because he probably knew that he ultimately would have to settle because the facts were so overwhelmingly devastating against him.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, that's kind of. The only way out of it, right? But it's uh, unfortunately sometimes it doesn't feel like enough, you know. And there, and there, I guess there's really not much we can do about that. But you know, something interesting that you bring up here in your book is that you talk about how Donald expects his lawyers to do anything that he says, including break, break the law. One, yeah. one of his lawyers is in prison. Another one is on the way. Rudy Giuliani. We're learning news today. Uh, you know, this. You know, here in in September that Eastman had drafted a six-point memo for how Pence could overturn the election and not follow the Constitution. We had Don McGahn being asked to not only fire... Robert Mueller, but to falsify documents that he was even asked. I mean, he, he's always asking for his Roy Cohn. And so talk a little bit about your experience with, you know, Trump expecting his lawyers and underlings to do anything they ask, regarding, even if they have to break the law to do it. What, talk about your experience with that in this case.
2: So this is disclosed in the book, and there's actually some coverage of the actual video that has, was published in uh, August of 2020 that I gave to Mother Jones. David Korn who published it. And so you could find that out on YouTube. But uh, Donald Trump went to his attorney during the hot mic moment. So the so I I was remote watching this deposition. And then they took a break, as they do in depositions, you take breaks, mm-hmm. and they walked out of the room, closed the door, and then they came back in and they his lawyer and he sat down and they started talking. And there were other people in the room because you could hear some chatter in the background. And They just kept talking between the two of them, and they started talking about at some point, he asked his attorney, can you talk to the judge about that thing, whatever that thing means, about him? And then a couple seconds later, he says, maybe this will all go away. Now, the attorney was circumspect. He said, look, yes, I'll take care of that. I understand what you mean. I think he was uncomfortable probably at the time uh he saw that you know he knew all the people were in the room and uh so he was concerned about that but they probably weren't aware that i was still viewing remotely so here he is telling his attorney to go to the judge
0: tell the judge the thing maybe we can make it all go away exactly. oh yeah i'm sure it's
2: just uh yeah i'm sure it's just uh and what and what a coincidence it is that the, that the The trial got pushed off till November. Makes
0: me really wonder then about, you know, the whole Justice Kennedy retiring and, you know, Justin Kennedy working at Deutsche Bank lending Trump a bunch of money. And I remember video, I'll never forget the video of, of when he, you know, he's making the announcement and him and Justice Kennedy, who's announced his retirement, are walking away from the podium and Trump says something to Kennedy and Kennedy stops him and holds his finger up and shakes his finger at him. And Trump's like, waves them off and then walks away. And it's like, what did they say to each other? And that moment that you were watching where they didn't know you were watching when they said, tell the judge the thing I said to tell you, maybe this will all go away. That just immediately brings that video to the forefront of my mind and what happened in that situation, who paid Kavanaugh's debts and how that whole thing ended up going down. Well, the
2: full the full transcript of that entire conversation it was about fifteen minutes is inside the book, so every single word that was said. I mean,
0: he, the, the the conversation that you viewed, yes. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: every piece of it. that's amazing. So there's you know there's parts he talks about you know his chances in the case, and he talks about some other people that are somewhat famous in the news that he that right now are in jail, so <laughs> or either indicted and so forth. That were part of his best people in the team. And clearly, he doesn't pick the best people.
0: Yeah, but that's not the only thing that he pressured his lawyers to do. Talk about the Better Business Bureau.
2: Well, right. You learn all that was also in this hot mic moment where he discusses with his attorney that he had one of his attorney, his internal attorneys, call the Better Business Bureau and tell them to get the, quote, D rating of the of the Trump University to threaten them to change it to an A. And they did change it to an A because <laughs> they were threatened. If you remember, that was a big discussion in one of the debates about the Trump university, whether it was a D or an A, and he stri- tries to hold up some paper and whatnot and so forth. Here he is admitting that it was a D in his own words.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. And there's just so many moments in this book that the public doesn't yet know about would you be willing to talk about what Weisselberg said during the deposition and what,
2: absolutely sure
0: why that's important to kind of what we're seeing now with the uh, pre- we know there's a lot of pressure from the Manhattan district attorney to get Weisselberg to, to flip and he he he's not he's the consigliere he was born to go to prison for this guy right
2: so I'm gonna make some news for yeah you. I'm please. Gonna make some news we've got for an exclusive Weisselberg in my opinion and you can read the transcripts People can read the transcripts themselves or in the book. Okay. Weisselberg is already flipped. Why? Well, we deposed Weisselberg in 2015, June 24th, 2015. Weisselberg was deposed. And in that deposition, and I'm going to, uh, instead of paraphrasing, I'm just going to read right from the book. It says, throughout the time that you were overseeing these things at Trump University, as with all other. Of Mr. Trump's investments, you were acting on Mr. Trump's behalf, correct? That's my attorney, Jason Forge asked. He said, Yes, of course, Weisselberg said. And you were ultimately, you're you're subject to his ultimate control, correct? Yes. Hmm. Now, what does that tell you? That is saying that he he just admitted there under oath in 2015 that he is under the control of Donald Trump for all financial investments and, and transactions.
0: Yep, he doesn't do anything without Trump's, without Trump's knowledge.
2: Correct. So if he doesn't do things without Trump saying to do it or without his knowledge to do it. Mm-hmm. So he's already flipped. Well, so to speak. And, and so to speak. So to speak. And, and these documents, <laughs> the reason why these documents are hard to find, these documents are corroborated by court filings. From my case. So these are documents that are court filings in my case. The references to it are in the book. So they're hard to find. And the reason they're hard to find is because the full deposition was sealed. But my attorney made court filings that refer to the depositions in quotes. And those are all filed in there. And that's how you find it.
0: Uh (laughs) <laughs> so the depositions are sealed, but your court filings that refer to the depositions are not.
2: Correct. But you but it's but it's not easy to find, you know, through the court system because you have to know exactly what to look for. Well, wow. and this took a lot of research.
0: That's just amazing. And a
2: good and a good investigative reporter.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So not only do we have a story about Trump corruption, Trump University. The winning of the, the, or at least the settlement of the lawsuit, how how that went down. We have very pertinent information that not only sheds light and shines light on Trump's actions after all this and why he does things and how he does things and what his M.O. is, but also very important material information that is relevant to the investigation into the Trump organization, the Trump family, Weisselberg themselves. So, Art, I can't tell you how... Much I appreciate you coming on and talking to me today, how important this book is. October 19th release date. So you can get it wherever your books, wherever you buy your books. Yes, Amazon
2: or wh- wherever you want to go. And my website is uh, has all the references there, a little background information. It's uh, artcohenauthor.com.
0: Artcohenauthor.com. And again, the book is called Trump You, and you're going to love the cover promises lies and corruption my battle with Donald Trump's fake university before i let you go art i've never seen this photo before this photo of donald on the front this is amazing where is this from
2: this is from the actual deposition that i took this photo during the deposition so you have this expression and he and the reason he has this expression is because they're asking him how much time he's going to be there and this just shows you it's an expression which is basically i don't give a damn or screw you i i don't want to you know i don't care about the students, the people, none of these things. In fact, I met Donald Trump in the courtroom, and I wanted to go up to him and say, this was long before or right, right after he announced he was running for president. And I thought, well, here's a billionaire, supposedly. Why does he care about you know 30, 40, it was $40 million or so that we were asking for originally? And I was thinking to myself, why don't I just go up to him and say, look, just you know, explain to people that, you know, other people did bad things with the university. You didn't know what was going on and, you know, give the money back to everybody. You'll be a hero, right? You'll say, look, you know, it was a mistake I made. I'm really sorry. I'm giving back all the money to everybody. But he couldn't do that. No. Instead, he made a crazy offer. He offered hotel rooms to people. I was one of their offers.
0: Yeah. And Mary Trump went over this in her in her first book that he's he's incapable of being a hero because that means you have to actually do the right thing yeah at some point. And he's not capable of doing that. So, yeah but yeah, everybody pick this book up. Trump, you October 19th release yeah. date everywhere you get your books. And thank you so much for your time, Art. I appreciate it.
2: You're very welcome. Thank you,
0: everybody. Stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hello, Leguminati. It's Allison for the Beans, and this portion of the show is brought to you by Scribd. I absolutely love Scribd. Do you ever feel you're spending more time browsing through the titles that you want than actually enjoying them? I do that with Netflix. I'll just scroll, 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 and hours gone by. I could have watched two shows. Oh, well. Anyway, I also have a difficult time choosing new books or audiobooks, and Scribd makes choosing my next book easier. With Scribd, you get instant access to millions of ebooks, audiobooks, magazines, along with thoughtfully curated editor's picks. And smart recommendations based on what you've read. Scribd is the ultimate reading subscription service. It lets you explore all of your interests in any format you choose. Ebooks, audiobooks, magazines, whatever you need. It's only $9.99 a month. You get the entire library for less than the cost of a single book. Plus, there's no complicated credit systems where that can expire and you have to go to different apps to check out, no additional purchases required. If you're not sure what to read, Scribd combines the latest technology with human minds, the best human minds, to recommend content that you love. If you want to change things up, you can switch between titles, genres, and formats at any time on your phone, tablet, or computer. And right now, we're offering listeners of this program a free sixty-day trial. Just go to try.scribd.com/dailybeans for your free trial. That's try.scribd, S-C-R-I-B-D. That's s c r i b d. Try.scribd.com/dailybeans to get sixty days of Scribd for free. And finally, today's show is brought to you by this new amazing service I absolutely love called LathWeights. Lathwaite's is the way to get the wines you love shipped right to your door hassle-free. A Lathwaite's wine subscription is an easy way to bring exciting new wines right to your doorstep. Unbox a world of wine with easy access to different and unexpected winemakers, mom-and-pop shops from all over the globe. With a Lathwaite's wine subscription, you can say goodbye to boring overpriced bottles from mass-produced areas and hello to new wines from the hottest emerging wine region's around the world. Uh, my pick today is the big luscious flavors of the Red Sedan. This is a Cabernet Shiraz blend. It will make you forget everything you know about Australian wine. It's wonderful. Latheweights taste over 40,000 wines per year, but only 600 make the cut. So you know you're getting the cream of the crop. And each box includes tasting notes, food pairing tips, and serving inspiration. Subscriptions are flexible too. They have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you don't love a wine for any reason, let Latheweights know. They'll give you a refund. And right now you can get six incredible bottles of wine, plus two bonus bottles and two stemless wine glasses for $49.99 plus tax with free delivery. Just text the word BEANS to 64000. That's it. You get this special offer by texting BEANS to 64000. Again, text the word BEANS to 64000 for this incredible offer. Terms apply. Available at latheweights.com slash terms. All right, everybody. Welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, well- And if you have any good news or corrections or confessions, or you want to write a new, <laughs> write a new uh, verse to the Hallelujah, you can send us your ideas and everything and your photos and PodPetTacks at DailyBeansPod.com and click on Contact. We've got a couple short ones up front here. I'm going to take the first two. You take the third one. Dana, is that cool with you? You got it. Absolutely. All right. First up is from uh, Joke. I think that's how it's pronounced. J O K. Pronouns he and him. I've been back at work now for nearly four months. And while it's winter and raining a lot, I'm enjoying right riding again. Just clocked up to two thousand two hundred and twenty-two miles since starting work. And our new foster German short haired pointer, Geeper, is settling in with our old boy. Sorry, I don't have any pictures right now. Awesome. Maybe it's Yoke. I don't know. Or Jacques. Yeah, it could be Jacques too. Next up from Anonymous, no pronouns. I was a lifelong smug coastal Californian. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, where everyone has a sense of moral superiority. Mm-hmm. Career failures force me to move to the hell called Fresno. Oh, no. Oh, we're Proud Boys and Devin Nunes reign. I feel great inspiration whenever I see the trans woman who works at 7-Eleven. Living in such a place openly and proud at real risk of danger and random violence is fucking awesome. I was listening to your show about the violent terrorists who feel like persecuted minorities because they live in an inclusive city. I think of her as the antidote to terrorists. The Nazis lose every time someone lives their life free and without fear, like this brave woman. What a
1: great, great submission. Also, I think Fresno showed up and surprised us on that recall count. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Fresno came up.
0: But Bakersfield?
1: I know. Crazy. All right. This is from Jim pronouncing him. I have a shit kid said story. When my mother and stepfather, George, were getting serious and planning to get married, my youngest brother, Bill, was seven. On Valentine's Day, Bill got a box of those little hard candy hearts with messages on them from each per- for each person in the family, and he got one for George. When he handed it to him, Mom and George read what Bill had written on it. To Tom, love Bill. George looked at Mom and Bill and said, Who's Tom? And Bill said, Well, I don't know how to spell George. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's fantastic that's wonderful 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 all right next up from jen pronouns she and her good news amazing news the best news long story bear with me back in 2008 when the mortgage meltdown happened so many people lost their homes that the animal shelters were maxed out yeah we've been waiting for a year to adopt a baby with no end in sight so we decided to go ahead and adopt another cat We brought home Mellow, the last of the litter of five kittens. She had scraggly short, medium long fur, always looked homeless. She came with the name, uh, which we determined was short for Mellow Drama, (laughs) because she was also feisty and cantankerous. Great, great word. And then as things happen, our son was born and placed with us as an emergency adoption just a couple months later. Congratulations. So he grew up with this feisty kitten. Anytime our infant boy would have a fussy, I'm not wet, I'm hungry, I'm just just cranky, I'm not, wait, sorry, I'm not wet, I'm not hungry, I'm just cranky kind of day, Mello would curl up with him and calm him down. (sighs) He went through a phase where he wouldn't go to sleep without her, so we'd close her in his room to babysit, and she would patiently wait for him to fall asleep, and then ever so gently rattle his door to ask to be let out, never once waking him. Over time, she aged into the emeritus position (laughs) as our oldest cat- With kidney disease, a heart murmur, and zero tolerance for the dog's bullshit. In early August of this year, we somehow managed to leave a window open overnight. Three of our four cats wandered outside. Two came home for breakfast. Mello was MIA. She weighed in at six pounds. That is a tiny cat. Mm -hmm. And uh, had just had a checkup where the vet said, all things considered she was in good shape. But there's not much we can do for her. We were frantic and reached out to our neighbors. A local Facebook group and a microchip company, we called them for help to search. We put out her litter box, food, and her favorite blanket, but she never reappeared. Our house abuts a state forest, and we assumed one of our bear coyote neighbors or something might have gotten to her, or she was just not healthy enough to survive overnight. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, I was at work. I received a call from a cat clinic in town, in a town 45 minutes from where I live. They had my cat. A family was camping in the state forest over the weekend and their son found her. Wow. They brought her home and took her to the vet that saved her life. She was down to five pounds. What fur they didn't shave off is matted. Her feet were black instead of white. If I didn't know this cat, I'm not sure I'd put her in my car. But these people who don't even have pets rescued my girl. And the vet they chose thinks she can actually treat some of her health issues and make her last... Years healthier and happier than may have otherwise been. Wow. And get this the boy who found her had already picked out a name for her. If she had no owner, he reminded her of a marshmallow. So he was going to call her Mellow. Oh my goodness. Miracles happen. As pet tax, I give you a photo of Mellow, one of her comforting my cranky infant, who is now a cranky almost teen, and the one where I got her home yesterday. I don't see these photos. I don't either. So if they were not attached, please send them in. I would
1: love to see pictures of Mello. If for some reason they were, and it's our R-end, we're going to find them. We will Mm -hmm. hunt them down. Yes, we will. But what a fantastic story. I love stories like that. I know. All right. This one's from Lita from Tennessee. Pronouns she and her. Greetings, keepers of the leguminati. Today is my 49th birthday. Well, happy birthday, Lita. Hmm. I figured it would be a good day to ride in to celebrate with my virtual family. I first have to say that this community has been such a gift to me personally and to the leguminati at large. Your extra attention to the listeners makes this the best pod on the airwaves. I wanted to share this sticker I found after listening to the MSW media announcement. We all know the fight for justice is a long and hard and sometimes lonely road, and I'm so glad that AG, DG, and the Beans crew are leading the charge. Personally, I'm spending the week moving my mom into our new house with an apartment. She's 79 in declining health, and I want her last years to be as comfortable as possible. She always said I would take care of her when she grew old. I'm so grateful. I have been blessed with experiences and struggles that have given me an abundance of gratefulness. Don't get me wrong. I struggle with depression and hopelessness every day. But on my birthday, I have to reflect on this good in my life. Isn't that a requirement or something? Thank you for your community. (laughs) It truly has given me much joy this year. Lita,
0: wishing you a very, very... Happy birthday! Oh, and then we have a picture of uh, the Major Arcana, Eleven Tarot Card, Justice. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All righty. Next up, Anonymous Ally. It says, "I was like Anonymous Ally," and I'm like, "That's not Anonymous." That's funny. <laughs> You're like
1: Ally. No, no.
0: Anonymous Ally. Regarding nine twenty interview with Dr. Anderson and Dr. Gill, fifty ish year old straight cis male here. Although not white, I'm provided most of the related benefits. A short while ago, I was having a drink with a female friend, and we discussed female safety and male privilege. It struck home how privileged my group is, and it breaks my heart that much of her anxiety was warranted. Some examples Dr. Anderson mentioned were nearly verbatim things that I've heard. Book purchased and Twitter followed. The Daily Beans has been providing me with new perspective, and I'm very grateful. Thank you, Anonymous Ally. Thank
1: Great you. submission. Mm-hmm. This one's from Marissa, pronouns she and her. Dear Beans Queens, I've been listening since Mueller days, and you have been important in my understanding of the craziness of U.S. politics. I confess I am glad to live in Australia, <laughs> <laughs> but I know with people like you that some sanity is increasing in the United States. Oh. Thank you. I have some good news. On Saturday, I took my dog Tashi for a walk in some bushland. Near where I live, as I live in the inner city, Melbourne, there's not a lot of this. There are patches near the Yarra. I hope that one's right. Yarra River and road and bike path run along the river. Everyone in Melbourne is in lockdown, and we're only allowed although it
0: is although I do have to say it is Melbourne.
1: Okay, Melbourne. Yeah, yeah not Melbourne. Thank you, but yeah, but that's I think okay because 500 right.
0: people would have. Corrected but you know what? Me. Yara is probably totally wrong too. Probably,
1: so. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I don't know how you would pronounced it otherwise, but all right. Mel- <laughs> Melbourne, Melbourne,
0: mm-hmm.
1: everyone in Melbourne,
0: mm-hmm.
1: everyone in Melbourne is in lockdown and we're only allowed to exercise for an hour a day Whoa. within, Jesus, you're in prison, within five kilometers of our home. On Saturdays, this makes it busy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I took my dog for a walk in an off lead area in the bush. Tashi got distracted and said, and, and she lost sight of me. She didn't say that. I added that word. Should we edit? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. All right. Ta- and she said, and she got distracted and she lost sight of me. I called for her and she didn't appear. I called and called and started to walk back to where I had last seen her. Worried by this time, another walker asked if she was small and he had seen a small dog run off across the road onto the bike path, a place we never go. I ran across the road, still calling. Two other people said that they had seen her and pointed down toward the river. I scrambled down and saw her in the river. She's terrified of water and she had fallen in. Oh no. my God. I could see her in the water. There was no way she could get out. The bank was about a meter to the water. The river, very deep at this point, And I was not sure how I could get out if I jumped in to save her. Frantically calling, I lost sight of her under the bank. A kayaker was on the river and heard me. Kept sight of her and came over. We maneuvered his kayak to the bank. He grabbed hold of her and threw her up to me. I cannot thank all these people enough. One dog still alive. She will not be off lead for a while. Oh, look at this wet picture of this baby. Saved. And then you have the dry picture of the baby.
0: That's fucking teamwork. That is teamwork. Oh, look at this precious baby. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Oh, gosh, that's terrifying. Ooh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
1: you oh, AG, I think you get to sing. I'm going to sing back up. Oh, all right. Here
0: we go. <clears throat> uh, this is from Laura. You know, hey, me, me, <clears throat> me, 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 me. Unique New York. All right. This is Laura. Pronouns she and her. Another MSW Hallelujah Project entry. <laughs> today's show is brought to you by the msw hallelujah project all right you read the news read us to sleep a lullaby of jerks and creeps but all that bad bad news really can get to ya so you ask for good news play some games we tell you all our sweet pets names and And help help you write a shit show hallelujah.
1: hallelujah 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. Right. <laughs> I like that. Nine of us can go that low, but we did okay otherwise.
0: That was sad.
1: I wasn't My sure if you were going to go high. I was like, Are we about to harmonize? What's about to happen? My choir teacher would be so mad at me. Yes. And instead, we both almost passed out from trying to get all that air out. At the end of that verse. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, thank you, Laura, for that. And um, wonderful. Good job. I'm loving
1: these. I really am. It, <laughs> this is one of the new games that I'm like, just keep sending them. It's super fun. And I think yeah. our singing's getting better. And I think the listeners would agree with that. We're getting used to it. Uh, you know
0: what? If there's any corrections on that, I don't want to hear it. No.
1: Nope. No. No. Nope. No. We know we're
0: pitchy. Nope. So we already got that covered. <laughs> Only positive feedback about the singing is loud. Yes, please. Um, So there you go, and and I don't need your lessons. I've been through them. That's all I did for multiple years: was (laughs) choir, opera, solo, and ensemble. Regional choir, state choir. Trust me, trust me. I know I suck. All right, that's the show. Do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, no, I don't even know what day it is. Um, no, it's I, Wednesday. Yeah, it's well, Tuesday, but it's Wednesday for anyone listening. No final
1: thoughts. I think this is the first day of fall. So happy
0: fall, everyone. It's autumn. It's finally autumn. Ooh, Ooh yay. Awesome. Well, thank you. And um, we will talk we'll talk to everybody tomorrow. We'll be back. We'll be back. Don't be sad. Until then, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. I've been Allison Gill. And I've been Dana Goldberg. And them's the Beans.